Hello and welcome to the UUCSV podcast. I'm Evan Yannick and I am glad you're listening. Our Unitarian Universalist congregation has a mission to create an open, active, and welcoming liberal religious community that nurtures spirituality, inspires growth and learning in the search for truth, and challenges us to live our values conscientiously through service and example. If you enjoy hearing the sermon on the podcast each week, we encourage you to visit us in Black Mountain, North Carolina, where we hold services each Sunday at 11 a.m. This week, we hear Reverend Michael Carter discuss the Advent season and what it means to you use, and he pulls insights from the poet Rumi. I hope you enjoy. I want to uh, share a poem uh, that Carolyn Shorkey had sent me a few weeks ago. Forgot to tell her I was going to use it, but it's called December. Uh, it's by Gary Johnson. A little girl is singing for the faithful to come ye joyful and triumphant. A song she loves, and also the partridge in a pear tree, and the golden rings, and the turtle doves. In the dark streets, red lights and green and blue, where the faithful live, some joyful, some troubled, enduring the cold and also the flu, taking the garbage out and keeping the sidewalk shoveled. Not much triumph going on here, and yet, there's much we do not understand. And my hopes and fears are met in this small singer holding on to my hand. Onward we go, faithfully into the dark. And are there angels hovering overhead? Hark. Isn't that beautiful? The imagery. Alrighty. I don't know if you've noticed it yet, but it, it's Christmas. Christmas season has begun. Uh, Black Friday was the big day, of course, and then there was something called Cyber Monday. Did you? I never heard of that. It's probably a generational thing. And, 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 and I, I got a brain full of advertisements and news about Black Friday, and I heard on the radio yesterday that uh, Home Depot, in case you're interested, is still having Black Friday sales. Uh, so there you go. Now there's also a day referred to as Buy Nothing Day. Have you heard, you, you heard of that? And this is an effort to counterbalance the epic consumerism by not spending money at all. But it's so Western because it's, it's spend all the money you can and then don't spend any money at all. You know, there's no in between and yeah. But for me, the day after Thanksgiving, I let myself begin listening to Christmas songs. Now, I will be honest, there were times in July when I was with my daughter, and once in a while we would put on a Christmas carol. Now, her mother, this is anathema. Uh, this is probably worse than when we were married. <laughs> but, but, but we, and we, you know, it's the famous, don't tell your mother. Uh, the famous adage, but yeah, once in a while, not, not enough to see a therapist, but enough to say, wow, it's only July. But, so whatever you call it, Black Friday was certainly an uh, official kickoff day for the holiday season. But it's also the time, as you know, for 
more orthodox Christians, I won't say all Christians, obviously you, you Christians may not feel this way. Uh, obviously it's the season of Advent from December 1st until December 24th. And Advent is a liturgical time of year when, again, not all, but many Christians prepare themselves for the original birth of Jesus and for his second coming as well. Now that I didn't know. When, when I was coming up Baptist, we, we didn't focus on uh, the second coming. We knew we had to look busy, but we didn't, we didn't focus on it. It was about, it was about you know, the, the little brother's birth. But the latter part is significant for Christians whose theology is told in the Nicene Creed, which says Jesus will come again to judge the living and the dead. Uh, Christians who observe Advent will take this time to reflect on how their souls are ready to meet Jesus when he comes again. Now, Unitarian Universalists have a different understanding of Yeshua. And when we recognize the season of Advent, again, we have a Christian contingent that may do this. It is not to prepare ourselves for the second coming. Unitarian theologically, theologically squarely, our theology understands the historical and religious figure of Jesus as a man, as a great prophet, if you will. And like all humans who die, uh, his body will stay buried and live on. He will live on in the hearts and memories of those who love him. So on Christmas, some Unitarian Universalists will celebrate the birth of an ancient wise prophet named Yeshua ben Yosef, or Jesus of Nazareth, and remember the real and symbolic births in our lives. Leading up to this celebration of birth, Advent, which spans the four Sundays prior to Christmas, has its roots, and it's about preparing. It's about being prepared, just as it takes nine months for a family to prepare themselves for the birth of a child, and for some, that doesn't even feel like long enough. Uh, this season of the year gives us a chance to prepare for the spiritually significant moments of our lives. Some of these moments we know are coming while others will arrive on our doorstep unannounced. Sometimes we receive the unexpected visitors of illness, untimely loss, and lasting grief. During this season of Advent, we can examine how we prepare for the unfolding of our lives. And I really want you to hear that. Many of us find ourselves getting ready for the upcoming winter holidays in religious and secular, you know, for religious and secular ways and reasons. There are so many kinds of preparations that happen this time of year, and some are uh, directly holiday related. Shopping for gifts, you know, baking cookies, decorating the house inside and out, making the bed for our out-of-town guests. And other kinds of preparations seem to happen at this time of year without fail. People are taking exams. They're studying furiously for upcoming final exams. You're, you're changing your wardrobe. You're getting out the sweaters and the scarves and the mittens, and uh, you're getting things out of storage. You're adjusting to... Uh, Little, not as so much daylight, even though after the solstice, it starts again. 
But all of these things are preparing us for this unique time of year. And even though this can be a full time of year for many of us, we make preparations every day of our lives, no matter what. We shower. I, I hope we shower. We, we, we dress, we eat, we get ourselves ready for the day. We prepare meals for ourselves and others. We read and study and we have reports and exams. We sleep, maybe not as much, but getting ourselves ready for tomorrow. And those are just the practical things. There are also big monumental things we prepare for. These rites of passage, births, weddings, funerals. If we are preparing for one thing or another during every day of our lives, then the season of Advent becomes relevant to us as Unitarian Universalists. We can take this time to reflect on preparation. How do we ready ourselves for our lives? For it is in life with a capital L that Unitarian Universalists find sacredness. We prepare our souls every day for the presence of life. We come together here in this congregation to create religious community. The people sitting with us in this sanctuary right now are often the people we call upon to accompany us through the rest of the days of our lives. We do our best to prepare ourselves and each other for the multitude of experiences that life will bring us. And we know that illness and, and sorrow and joy, as well as uh, birth and happiness, are all part of this season. The season of Advent, then, can be a time to assess my and your spiritual preparedness for life. Our first task is to articulate to ourselves and each other what we're getting ready for. Many people in our congregation are traveling, and so we're kind of smaller in number, numbers today, but that's too bad for them. They're just not here. Let me share with you this morning, this poem by Rumi. Uh, it's called The Guest House. Ah. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, <laughs> a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. He or she may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes because each has been sent as a guide from the beyond. Sounds good reading it, doesn't it? It's not as easy to do. It reminds me of the Zen Buddhist uh, Shun, Shunyu Suzuki who once said, leave your front door and your back door open. Allow your thoughts to come and go. Just don't serve them tea. <laughs> but Ruby is saying just the opposite. He says, invite them in. This is the season when we strengthen our souls for living. This being human is a guest house. Each morning, a new arrival. So let us imagine, just 
for the time that each of us is a house. The soul of yourself is a house. It's very Jungian, isn't it? When you have a dream and there's a home in the dream and it's all this clutter, of course, Jung would say, well, you are the house. And each room is a part of your psyche. And so this, this is kind of like that. But you are a house not just a building standing alone. So you, you are also the surrounding lot, including a yard. Perhaps you have trees and shrubs and flowers. Your house definitely has a walkway of some kind leading up to it. The appearance and function of the house is the way we meet and greet our lives. How do we let life know that we live here in our house? Perhaps some of us have very clear, accessible walkways that say welcome. There's a welcome sign on the door of your house. Is the path decorated with flowers? Is it a simple gravel path, or is it grown over and barely discernible from the surrounding yard? I see some of you smiling. Is the path shoveled clear after a snowstorm? so that each visitor may easily find they, their way to your house? Or is the path to the house of your soul, is it unshoveled? You say, what's the point? The snow will melt soon anyway. How do we prepare the way to the house of our soul for visitors, both expected, expected and unexpected? And then we have to get to the house, right? We have to get to the house itself. Some of us might have the front door to our souls dead bolted three times over, like when I was living in Manhattan. For others, the door is unlocked, ready to greet whatever guests arrive as guides from the beyond. The house of your soul might be cluttered. It might be piled high with things and paths to get to and from each room. And perhaps your soul is an apartment building, nestled snugly in, in close quarters with other people. But as we begin to understand our metaphoric houses, we come to know how we handle new developments in our lives. As Ruby wrote, preparing for spiritual guests is like preparing for house guests. And so in the coming weeks, some of us will either be hosts or will be the visitors. Ruby reminds us that not all house guests are pleasant. <laughs> His poem has some challenges challenges, and perhaps some limits to it. Ruby writes, the dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. The challenge in his words is to remain open to spiritual transformation that comes even after grief and loss. This is an important idea. However, it makes me think of another adage, which Ruby wrote about, but not in this poem. Uh, um, but actually, I'm ahead of myself. It's, it's, have you ever heard people say that life doesn't give you more than you can handle? I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> I'm not. I'm really, I'm not. I, I don't believe that saying. I mean, given, given the stark reality, especially this time of year, but of tragedies in our world, especially in suicides that devastate families each year, I'm, I'm not sure if that's true. I'm, I'm just not sure. Sometimes the ability to meet adversaries with laughter not only seems impossible, but becomes impossible. Sometimes to meet adversity with lightness takes interventions of medicine, 
of therapy and community support. Another quote that Ruby wrote, that I, it's very insightful, but not from this poem. He says, if you are irritated by every rub, how then will you be polished? How will you be polished? Things happen that are unpleasant. This is life. Difficult people and circumstances have to be dealt with and adjusted to. Certainly it is counterintuitive to welcome grief and emptiness. Universalist theologians have proclaimed that heaven and hell are not places that we go to after we die. Instead, they exist on earth, in the here and now. We can create heaven and hell for each other and we live them in this life. Sometimes heaven and hell reside right between our ears. Sometimes the loneliness in our hearts can be all too real. When this happens, Ruby is issuing us a challenge, not just to change our mood or look on the bright side, that would be too easy, but to be deeply transformed by the crowd of sorrows that arrive at our house. It's like therapy, right? The only way out is through. You have to embrace the pain. You have to wrap your arms around it and bring it close to you. Winston Churchill is credited with saying that if you're going through hell, keep going. Don't stop in the middle and admit defeat. Keep going. Find your way out is what he meant. By letting the dark thought, by letting the shame, the malice accompany us for a while, we might begin, we might begin to understand what these visitors can teach us. When there are periods of hell in our lives, certainly there are periods of heaven as well. These moments of joy and sorrow are often mixed together. Sometimes we find them sitting right next to each other at the kitchen table of our lives, having a cup of tea and, and, and munching on a cinnamon roll. Perhaps each of us can ask the question of ourselves, what are the acts of preparation that bring delight to my daily life? Have you ever asked yourself that? It's like talking politics, right? Very seldom, and that includes me, do you hear someone say what they like about America? When was the last time you said something that you liked about America? Delight still happens every day. In this season of Advent, we also reflect on the preparations that bring us joy. And sometimes we put aside those things that bring us delight because we have too many obligations. We're martyrs. I've got to get this done. Heaven forbid I relax for a moment. We might begin to believe that joy and obligations are separate from each other. Chances are, though, if we don't enjoy the process of getting ready, you won't enjoy the event you're getting ready for. In this way, the task becomes to find delight in whatever you are preparing for. Enjoying the process is also a key. If you've ever had to prepare a talk, or any type of presentation, you know that getting ready is a process. And part of the process is practice. The more we practice something, the better we get at it. Practice, well, not unless you just practice what you're good at. But practice helps to strengthen our spiritual muscles for the times when our spirits will be needed the most. You never know how strong you have to be or how strong you are until you have to be.
Our spiritual muscles are like our physical muscles. Athletes preparing for the big game, they know this. They show up on game day with their skills well honed. They lift weights. They do, I don't know what they do because I don't do it, but they run laps. Uh, they practice the skills necessary for the game. I don't do all that. But we can prepare for life by strengthening our souls to greet life as it is. By, you know, by meditation, by prayer, by dancing, by drumming, by uh, journaling, uh, contemplation, reading inspirational literature, being around like-minded people. They're, these are the tools that we have in our toolbox that sometimes we forget. And we build our spirits up. Perhaps some of us meditate or, or pray. Coming here can get your batteries charged up. As Unitarian Universalists, we recognize that life with a capital L is right here, right now. And that's the only thing we know for sure, is that we have here, right now. It's not coming after we pass from this world. I mean, I think it is, but I don't know if I'm going to come back and tell you. <laughs> I think I'm just going to keep it a little secret. We prepare for life at the same time that we live it. We prepare for life the same time. As we, so as we get ready for these events, if we find delight in the process, our souls are strengthened. If we find ways to treat a crowd of sorrows with honor, our souls are strengthened. So this Advent season, this solstice season, this holiday season, this could be a great time to connect with others, with ourselves, cultivating our inner life. Each visitor to the house of our soul has been sent. So there are no accidents as a guide. Let us remember that each person we encounter this holiday season, I'm just going to ask you to try to do it from now until July 1, I mean, uh, uh, January 1. July 1. I'll have, you'll be hearing Christmas carols, and, and, and you can endure me with that. Uh, but, but no, I mean, each, there's a lesson each person has to teach. Next time you're in Ingalls and the line is too long, uh, maybe you'll learn patience. Um, in the flurry of too many activities, may we learn to give and receive help. May we learn to slow down. In the grief and loneliness that can accompany people during the holidays, may we learn to be company for them as well as for ourselves. These are little just teaching moments, right? Um, and in this religious community, here at UUCSV, may our souls be strengthened for whatever uh, this life can bring. So I wish you uh, a good rest of the day. It may be a little early, but I wish you a, a merry everything and a happy always. <laughs> Amen. And blessed be. And now may love hallow every home and every heart, and may the light of truth and peace and love and all those good things shine upon you and bless you from now until we meet again. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thanks again for listening. We'll hope to have you back next week when our choir director, Linda Metzner, along with other congregants, help us to celebrate the solstice. Have a great week.